0: You're listening to the shorter Digest version of the Hutton Orbital radio show, with the Hutton News, the Hot Pit bit, Commander Flossie and her community goals, Galnet Digest and Buck Naked's Top Trucker. If you want the discussion section and the green room, there's also a longer version of this podcast available. Whichever you choose, do enjoy the show.
1: A weary commander docks Python on pad 3. Begins the shutdown sequence and sighs. The first mission was a failure. Wilhelm Gateway, Riker megaship, LTT-125, both burning. Ongoing fights were raging throughout the system, between Pilots' Federation and Thargoid ships. Falko had hoped to prevent yet another system from this fate. Prevent another station, another megaship from burning. He had done a quick survey of the system before returning. Fires raged through the Coriolis station. Who knew how many civilians had been killed? The megaships still had crew trapped aboard. Their escape pod hatches jammed. No. This was not the briefing he had hoped to give. The whole situation seemed impossible. Then he remembered where he was. And who he was with. He was at Hutton Orbital and surrounded by Hutton truckers. Impossible was their stock and trade. There may be many failures on the way, but truckers never lose heart and see the impossible as a worthy challenge. Walking into the newly created hackswing briefing room, Fulkos surveyed his pilots. A motley assortment of long-time veterans of Thargoid combat to commanders who a week ago had never fired a shot at a Thargoid. The kill totals were impressive, and some were now routinely destroying Cyclops interceptors on their own. This group was going to make the difference. They would turn the tide and win the war. The newly appointed leader of Haxcom walked up to the podium and began the briefing. Our mics are live.
2: An important message from the apology officer, who apologises for not being here in person. Looks like I'm standing in this week. Hutton Norbert Radio would like to apologise for the absence of regular hosts Rudolf Hooker and Dick Chafing. Mr Hooker has been arrested after an incident involving a particularly pernickety Imperial Ambassador, and will be unable to attend. As he was being led away, he was heard to shout... Until the handle breaks off and they've got to get a doctor to pull it out with a pair of pliers. Bail money has already been raised via crowdfunding. Mr Chafing has been involved in a horrific bathroom tiling accident and will not be available until his grout is dry. He was heard to say... Bastards! Updates as they happen. Their seats will be kept warm tonight by Happy Harry Balzac, who has nowhere else to go, and Wily Willie B. Hardigan, who is only here for the banter and the fish heads. Reggie presenting duo and Norman Snockers are happy to join us for tonight's broadcast because they were told they would get time off of their respective sentences. I should really apologise for my own absence, but apologies don't grow up trees, and you lot have had enough for one day. Mia Harkness, Apology Officer, Team Hotbox Sorry again Good evening
3: Truckers everywhere I'm your genial host for this evening Harry Balzac Rudolph and Dick have sent their apologies Because this second, poorer apology for an apology Is not being delivered by the apology officer They are sorry But they are away today Still, that means we can have a show tonight That has a great deal more class than usual No smut No innuendo no laughs just honest to goodness information that every trucker needs sit back in your chair make sure it's not plugged in and prepare to let the next few hours just fly by in the studio tonight i'm joined by willie b hardigan good evening everyone i'm hoping to put to bed many rumors tonight the walking talking embodiment of filth loose knockers thank you harry happy to oblige and as always, Lou's darling and ours, Norma Snockers.
4: Thank you, Harry. And I think you let Lou off lightly there.
3: Enough of the pleasant but informative chit chat. Let's get on with the news. Mad Monk's mutinous pole palaver ends up where it started—nowhere.
4: Hux, hacks, Hux, hacks, uh, Xeno attacks.
2: Any old Indian governor? Hotbox repair station that they didn't even break.
1: Galactic salt in dramatic facelift. HF
3: 5060 joins us once again with more news of the spread of the Green Menace.
4: Lose back against my better judgement with his useless information.
2: Norma's back with her CGs? Or is she?
3: The marvellously mad months of Van Marlen Star this week broke with tradition in a radical move to change the recipe of their in house brew. Eight options for the new brews recipe were selected from a veritable smorgasbord ranging from the stupidly ridiculous to the infinitely sublime. With options ranging from, let's just empty the latrine into the mash tuns and be done with it, through to, let's just not bother at all and leave the work to the idiots at Hutton who brew a rather nice gin it would seem. The field has a pretty broad spread. After much wrangling of rules, wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth, a decision was finally made and an agreement reached. The vote was to be held at a time yet to be decided, but nevertheless agreed on. Time passes. After all the deciding votes to decide about voting and timing and planning and logistics, punctuated by copious breaks for Tiffin, A much-loved and yet illicit treat for the Mad Monks, the actual non-meaningful, indicative and yet strangely still meaningful votes took place. Are you following this at all because I wrote this and I can barely keep up? Each monk took a piece of paper, a quill, a pot of ink and scurried off to their own individual cubbyhole to scribe their illuminated voting slips with their considered voting choices. In the case of the permanently inebriated abbot, this is more a case of the first place the quill lands. Each illuminated work of art is then submitted to the nominated tellers. You can tell who the tellers are, as they won't tell you if you don't. Who then count. Count and count again. And then count again, because those medieval letters are so hard to differentiate sometimes. The upshot of all this roundabout, toing and froing, in and outing, upping and downing is that after much consideration, cogitation and a considerable amount of digestion at supper that things will remain the same. Nothing will happen. The die remains cast. And more importantly, the chief brewer is now left scratching his head about whether to order fewer hops, more barley or just give up and join the beekeeping fraternity
1: This week, a strange new acronym has been seen in Hutton circles, accompanied by a strange new sound. The sound of commanders going, um and more regularly shouts of, take that you green ghoul. Hacks made its formerly secretive presence public this week, after a number of weeks of lurking in the shadows and looking furtively around corners to see if the coast is clear. After asking Mum, Lale, if they could go out and play for the evening, the Hacks team Hack stands for Hutton Antizino. zeno ponced around the local systems trying to look hard and often failing, but somehow manage all the same to be successful in giving Thargus knotty nose. We've been asked by their envoy who wishes at this moment to remain anonymous, we'll call him Clive, to ask commanders to keep an eye out for Hacks inspired and organised, it's a loose term apparently, events to fight off the Green Menace.
4: In the Carrico system, a ragtag group of hotbox pilots, led by Commander Maduro, are working tirelessly to restore services to the stricken grill station, and it wasn't even them who broke it. Apparently, a big thargoid did it and ran away. In a very short time, they managed to close the orders for indium, aluminium and ceramic composites. Deliveries of gallium and polymers are around halfway to completion thanks to this small but dedicated group of truckers, who have just brought under half a million tonnes of materials to the stricken Coriolis so far. There is even a rumour that the chip shop on level 42 may reopen sometime this week. There is still plenty of work to do, so if you're interested in making fabulous profits while helping the repair effort, then contact Commander Madhu, James Hicks, and get yourself signed up. Here's the gaffer and he has a spreadsheet. Ooh, spreadsheet! Keep up the work. good work, Commanders Madhu, Jippo Eric, Chaos in the Void, Marco 2612, Tregon C314, Reckness 85, defiance and major mess.
2: This week, Frontier's funky fun forum of frottage and frolics, otherwise known as the Galactic Salt Mines, received a lick of paint, a dash of eyeshadow, from colonic irrigation and a sprinkling of angel dust. Matters weren't helped though by the presence of a newly recruited copy typist, who reduced the salt miner in chief to exasperated mutterings in the corner of his server room. Oh, I'm sorely tempted to dump the bodies in the airlock. Ask me once, that's cool. Twice, annoying. Seven times and I get snarky. The answer is the same as the last six times you asked. Oh, and stop clicking that button.
4: I didn't. The computer just did it on its own.
2: No, it didn't. The only thing that happened was you clicking on the exit button then asking yes to are you sure. I saw you do it. And to start again, yes, you click the same button as the last six times. And yes, when it asks for your initials, guess what you type? Inside leg measurement? Hat size? Mother's maiden name? No, your bloody initials. And what next? Maybe hit OK, as it's the only option available.
5: Good evening truckers, Atreus 5060 reporting in from Canon Research with the latest intel on the Thargoid menace. (laughs) It's been a tough week for humanity, resulting in commanders now having to fend off the Thargoids on multiple fronts. Unfortunately, all six targets reported by the Eagle Eye system last week were not successfully defended bringing the active number of incursions up to 17 with 10 stations currently damaged and in need of evacuation (laughs) sounds a bit rude (laughs) several of these systems have multiple stations and are at risk of losing more of them to the Thargoids should these incursions not be lifted the Buffins over at Canon have been hard at work decoding this week's targets from the Eagle Eye Network. This week, combat pilots will have to clear the infestations in Widow, Vivane, Mike, Ngun, Owlin, and Weird or Word. Weird word, I don't know, we'll pick one. Weird forward is a system where we are all familiar with it as it has home to the dweller the dotty engineer who fixes our power distributors but it is not all bad news this week crackers. operation ida is proud to announce that they have finished repairing all stations in the days, and are now moving to repair stations in the central bubble Having access to the commodity markets in the area will greatly help in their effort to bring more stations back online. Congratulations to those man commanders! Their current repair target is Levi Safita Dock in HRP 21167. Any truckers interested in assisting Operation Ida? should get in touch with them via their representative on the Orbital. Seeing as our fight against the Thargoids is ramping up, the Hutton anti-Xeno Hax Wing has appointed Commander Volko Took as its wing leader to head our efforts. Hax Command will be working with Cannon Research, Operation Ida, and the AXI to coordinate our efforts. PAX Command will be based on the orbital and has established new comms channels announcing where it will be, focusing its efforts. Truckers, we got a hard fight ahead of us, and we need as many truckers to get involved to help defend humanity and Alvin. From this alien menace, join Hacks and Operation Ida to push the Thargoids back and restore our stations. Good luck out there! For the mug.
2: There's not a great deal to say this week. It's all rather stable and boring across the space right now, apart from a pirate attack. In Trepping, which if experience is anything to go by will be over by the weekend, it's basically boom and peace. There are no systems with another faction within spitting distance. We're not even trying to manage a comfortable gap to the chaps below us. Even in Colonia the story is pretty much the same. Boom and non-states and no one challenging us or trying to get into a scuffle. Basically, have a cracking weekend, going out and doing your thing there are no official jobs to do. Maybe Norma can get you excited with her lovely um, CGs.
4: I still don't have any CGs and and I'm still waiting for my apology from last week.
6: quiet out there in space. Too quiet. Hadn't had a client in three weeks. Spent my evenings tuning into the wireless, hunting for a signal that needed my help. Canon Interstellar Research Group is what it said on my door. Sounds grand, but most of my time was spent eating biscuits. Digestive biscuits. Until one evening.
7: Dr. Arkanon, they're reading your mind! Oh,
8: not with my new hat! The signal, it becomes clear!
7: What does it mean, Doctor?
8: Mein God, the aliens! The signal! They say...
7: Doctor Arcanon! Doctor! No!
6: This was it. Payday. Too big for me. I turned to Galnet and started penning a small ad. Help wanted. Strange signals. Send mathematicians, tinfoil hat specialists, and conspiracy theorists. Apply now. Register at canon.science. I had to write that three times. That's C-A-N-O-N-N. God knows why. That dame sounded like she needed my help. Not sure about the professor. He sounded beyond help. As long as it says Cannon Interstellar Research Group on the door, I would decipher those signals.
9: To Alvin de Fe, from me uh, Cecil B. Trumpington, uh, I'm very, very sorry. I've been told to say that you know I'm not sure what for, but I'm sorry about it. Um, by the way, lots of love uh, from Colonia, or at least I think it's Colonia um it's quite bright here. And there are no Thargoids. Well, there might be, but they haven't found me yet. So be very, very quiet. Anyway, um, I'm off to go and find the Hanky. Uh, as long as he hasn't got plague. He might have plague. He usually has plague. But um, he's here in Colonia, and and so am I. and And you all aren't. So, goodbye. And for the mug.
6: It had been weeks since I last heard from that dame and the doctor. My small ad generated loads of calls, most of them trying to sell me insurance. I was worried. The Doctor's fate was in my hands. I turned back to the wireless.
7: Doctor Arkanan, you're okay! Ah, yes. Sorry. I
8: spilled my coffee on my apparatus.
7: Is it okay now, Doctor?
8: I'm walking with a limp, but that's not important. These artifacts fascinate me.
7: What are we doing here with my ASP, Doctor? We need to see
8: what these signals are about. Your ASP is ideal for studies.
7: Every time I nudge the artifact with my ASP, it turns away.
8: Yes, and this signal. It keeps repeating pictures of your ASP, like some giant selfie stick. Be careful, Miss Featherston. There is a second signal. Watch out, Miss Featherston!
5: Cabin
10: pressure alert.
7: <laughs> Mr. Nider. Mr. Nider. Mr. Nider. Mr.
6: Not again. I lost the signal. I'm hoping that wasn't the end of their journey. I broadcast a distress call to all nearby ships. Now, where did I put my
3: biscuits? Hello, I'm Harry Balzac and welcome to our occasional series where we delve into the lives of some of the people who helped to keep our galaxy turning, albeit very slowly. This week I'm talking to one of the original truckers. Space station truckers, that is. We all take them for granted as we fly in and out of stations, seeing them drive round and round, seemingly endlessly. But who drives them? What do they carry? And what do they do when they're not driving? Today, we're going to find the answers to some of these questions and more. I managed to catch up to a typical station trucker a Mr. Austin Space in a Hangar.
10: Yes, Harry, it's a lonely life as a station trucker. All I see all blinking down is the back of the truck in front and the occasional ships in about in the station. My, how we laugh when one gets caught in the toast rack or gets blown apart by system defences. Of course, we have to remember to keep our heads down when that happens. We don't want a piece of wreckage landing on our trucks. After all, it's not our job to clear up pieces of ship.
3: Do all the trucks transport the same cargo?
10: Couldn't be further from the truth. First of all, you have to remember that it's different for station truckers in different economies. Here, in an agricultural station, I might, for example, be picking up bio-waste and delivering it to the processing plant. Or I might be taking grain, to the extensive animal pastures where they're allowed to roam freely on magnificent green pastures uh, or admittedly, they just painted green under the warm, shining sun. That's an artificial sun, you understand, and it's several levels down, which is why you've never seen them. Once upon a time, we could make a few credits on the site transporting unknown artefacts. You know, those Thargoid sensors. The combination of the Aegis research and the corrosive effects of the stuff meant that the bottom blocked out of the market and my truck. However, I do have some mates over in an anarchy system that have a good line in illegal salvage. So if you ever want a souvenir, just let me know. But basically, it's pick up cargo one side of the station, then drive to the other side and unload then repeat. And again. And again, until my shift is over. you think that in the 34th century we'd have invented an automated way to transport goods, but you can't beat the human touch. That, and we've got a very good union.
3: Doesn't it get boring doing the same thing all day?
10: You'd think so, wouldn't you? But not a bit of it. You have to keep exactly the right distance from the truck in front not varying even by as much as a Remlox piece. You have to look out for all of the maniacs to drive in and out of the traffic, weaving between trucks like demented BMW drivers. Naturally, they're careful never to do that when the ship's over, so they get away with it time and time again. And of course, I listen to late radio, so there's the constant struggle to keep awake to deal with.
3: It sounds like you'd be in need of some relaxation once your shift is over. Of course, it would help if the bleeding trucks went all the same colour. I blame the management for
10: over-ordering, or else someone's been sharing someone else's escape capsule if you get
3: my drift. Thanks to Austin Space there for that fascinating insight into the life of the space station trucker. Next time, I'll be talking to the staff who contact your ship when you reach a landing pad and finding out why you can't see them when you come in to land. Until then... This is Harry Balzac lifting off.
6: It had been weeks since I last heard from that dame and the doctor. My small ad generated loads of calls, most of them trying to sell me insurance. I was worried. The doctor's fate was in my hands. I turned back to the wireless.
7: Dr. Arcanon, you're okay!
8: Ah, yes. Sorry. I spilled my coffee on my apparatus.
7: Is it okay now, Doctor?
8: I'm walking with a limp, but that's not important. These artifacts fascinate me.
7: What are we doing here with my ASP, Doctor?
8: We need to see what these signals are about. Your ASP is ideal for studies.
7: Every time I nudge the artifact with my ASP, it turns away.
8: Yes, and this signal. It keeps repeating pictures of your ASP, like some giant selfie stick. Be careful, Miss Say There is a second signal. Out, Miss Fizzeston.
10: pressure
4: alert!
6: Not again. I lost the signal. I'm hoping that wasn't the end of their journey. I broadcast a distress call to all nearby ships. Now, where do I put my biscuits?
7: It's Flossy
8: It's flashing. It's
2: flashing. It's Flossy
3: As Flossie hasn't got any CG news this week, we return to our new feature, Ask Flossie. We've still got no answer why the galaxy has no cheese. We're giving Raxler a wide berth, mostly because all the panther clippers are parked there. And Commander Ed Leweiss found his doppelganger by accident and flushed him shortly after. Maybe some of these will be answered this week. Listen on and find out. From one Colin F., we have this week's first query. If black holes are so dangerous, then why don't we fall down them when we slam into them?
4: Colin, we're very lucky that the ship system manufacturers have our best interests at heart. Black holes suck, hard. They're also itty bitty small, so actually crashing into one is quite difficult. Luckily, your ship doesn't like being spaghettified by the gravity, so it performs a perfect Nub! When you're too close and leaves you close enough to enjoy the gravitational lensing and trippy visuals, but not so close that your insides become your outsides and you end up in a Disney movie with an evil bearded chap, a red robot with violent blenders on the ends of its arms, probably called Mr. Dusty or Maximilian or Bender, Bending Roderick, and a Texan. Hick, tin, can. I just wish it did the same for neutron stars.
3: Next, we have one Jim B with an important question about our four-legged security detail. How long do Momus bog spaniels have to train before they're ready to serve on Alvin's zero-gravity team?
4: They're born ready. Momus bog spaniels, having such short legs and living on a planet so swampy they'd die at birth if they didn't instantly learn to swim and avoid the alligators are instantly aware of any threat and able to deal with this extreme dog with extreme doggy prejudice
3: Colin F followed up his earlier question with this important safety related one what is the life expectancy of a cubicle 3 attendant
4: it depends if they use that toothbrush again after the scrubbing
3: Jacob a s asks how often he should change the catheter in his remlock.
4: I'm a little worried about this one. The remlock goes over your face. Not your diddly do They might be precious, but please, don't stick that pipe up your thingy. That's a drinking straw.
3: Jim Liz H. wants to know about the location of Raxler, with Harji A. wanting to know why Raxler, Todd C. wants to know how Raxler.
4: I think you're missing the point here. Surely the right question is when, Vaxler. Hope that helps.
3: Boris R has asked why his spaceship smells of wee all the time.
4: I think Boris needs to refer back to the Vemlock question earlier. You're doing it wrong.
3: And finally, we've been asked why Sagittarius A-star has a star in the name.
4: Sagittarius A-star? is a bright and very compact astronomical radio source at the centre of the Milky Way, first visited by one of our very own truckers, Zulu Romeo. It's in the direction of the Sagittarius constellation and was given the star in its name in the year 1982 because it was exciting, and excited states of atoms are donated with asterisks. Basically, the name is a joke, which makes it utterly trickery.
3: Thank you very much there, Flossie. And a small...
0: Galnet News Digest, 28th of March, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, sacrifices begin as Death Cult welcomes new members. Buckyballers disown planetary circumnavigation. Cannon builds anti-Xeno artifact barrier. Sodium supplies restored. Sacrifices begin as Death Cult welcomes new members. children of Tofos have commenced the ritual sacrifices that they believe will summon their god Tofu. The so-called children, some of whom are quite grown up in body if not in mind, have been hauled up in Archimbal Terminal in the unpronounceable Tsar system for the past couple of weeks, together with a 300 megaton nuclear weapon. Oddly, the cult seems to be using artisanal techniques to execute their sacrificial victims, rather than the much more efficient nuclear factory farming technique. There's been talk of marble slabs and curiously shaped but very, very sharp knives. Leader Barnabas Cole is welcoming new adherents to the appropriately named Terminal if one member of the crew of each arriving starship is sacrificed to tofu. Several Sidewinder pilots have been caught out by this rule, but it doesn't matter readily. When they eventually decide to detonate the Lucifer device, it's almost certain that all the children of Tuthos, and everyone else unlucky enough to be at Archimald Terminal, will get to meet their maker without having to queue. Buckyballers disown planetary circumnavigation The Buckyball Racing Club has denied any involvement with the first Great Planetary Expedition, despite hosting its webpage. The expedition, which aims to circumnavigate the planet of Kume and Hercules in SRVs via a series of beautiful and often challenging waypoints, set off from Bridgertown at 8pm on Wednesday. Despite the non-racing nature of the expedition, the leading members had covered 400km in the first few hours there seems to be a significant likelihood that the more dedicated members of the expedition may complete the entire circumnavigation within a week, arriving back at Bridger Town before the ice has melted in their Centauri Megagins. The Buckyball Racing Club explains that if it was running the planetary circumnavigation it would expect to see commanders complete the trip in 24 hours... or less. Canon Builds Anti-Xeno Artifact Barrier Operation Indycroft is the latest undertaking by Canon Interstellar. It is a scientific experiment in which commanders will attempt to inoculate a station from Thargoid attack by shipping in the thing that Thargoids hate most, Guardian Artifacts. Participating commanders have been stockpiling huge quantities of the artefacts, and today Commander Del Monte, the commander who likes to say yes, has instructed participants to sell those artefacts at Sugano Ring in Witow. Everyone will then wait to see if the Thargoids don't attack. Of course, the Thargoids consistently haven't attacked most of the starports in the bubble so, quite apart from the possibility that huge amounts of something that Thargoids hate might actually make them more likely to attack, the experiment may need to be repeated quite a few times before any conclusions can be drawn. Sodium supplies restored Commanders complaining that they have nowhere to complain have been relieved to find that their dreams have been answered with a new, shiny forum with lots of space to moan about anything and everything. There's an intelligence test built in, only commanders able to solve the username and password puzzle will be permitted to communicate on the new message boards, and they will be awarded trophies for their successful participation. One such trophy is for deluded, salty loners who are incapable of saying anything positive. It's called, I think they like me. Commanders who have connected successfully have started up a new discussion in celebration, entitled, What did you do when the forums were down? And that's this week's Galnet News. Down news, we read the news so you don't have to.
6: I decided it was about time to find this doctor and his assistant. News reports were coming in that they'd been recovered and returned to the doctor's lab at Verratti. I packed my tinfoil hat and a pack of biscuits and headed that way.
8: Oh, Detective Shaw. Come in, come in.
6: Pleasure to meet you, doctor.
8: It is, yes. I understand you were worried about Miss Featherston. We had a small incident after her ASP lost pressure. But we have valuable data from the artifacts now. I suspect someone is trying to prevent us finding out more. A spy? Maybe. Miss Featherstone, could you inform the detective about the facts so far?
7: Certainly, Doctor. Months ago, a few unknown artifacts were found in space. Strange-looking things broadcasting signals...
6: These are the signals you've been decoding.
7: Yes, Mr. Shaw.
6: Call me Dick, doll.
7: You can call me Miss Featherstone. Anyway, the doctor assembled a council of the finest brains in occupied space to find these artifacts. They used to be so rare, Mr. Shaw. Dick. You said. They corrode the ships that collect them. That's how my asp lost pressure. We used to find them under heavy guard, but now they're all over the place. A bit like the doctor's notes.
6: You said the artifacts pointed somewhere. And the signal, it showed you a picture?
8: Yes, Mr. Shaw. Dick. Indeed. Anyway, the artifacts changed. They started pointing to the Pleiades Nebula. And instead of broadcasting their current location, they started scanning and broadcasting simple images of large
6: objects nearby. Like Miss Featherstone's ass? Yes, or my Python.
7: Now there is a giant sphere where those artifacts can be found, like a huge bubble.
6: Let me get this straight, lady.
7: Miss Featherstone.
6: Strange artifacts turn up with weird signals. A council of guys and gals in tinfoil hats decode the signals which appear to be broadcasting data. All of them point to Marope in the Pleiades Nebula, just at the time that humanity is expanding to just that point in space.
8: That's the size of it, Mr. Shaw. Dick. Not now, Mr. Shaw. This is not the time for that. Anyway, we suspect that someone is trying to prevent us from finding out the truth. We need you to get to the bottom of it.
6: I looked around the lab. There were notes everywhere and piles of tinfoil. Crumbs covered the desk in front of the doctor. At last, a job. One question, doctor. Your lab seems a little empty. Is this where you decode the signals?
7: Oh, Mr. Shaw. Dick. The doctor sold all his computers.
6: Why, Miss Featherston?
7: The new station in the Pleiades Nebula needed computers.
6: So, the computers with all of the data on them are now being sent to the centre of this bubble.
8: The Council insisted, but we have the greatest computer ever invented. The grey matter inside our heads. And we have a new delivery. Tiat, bring in the delivery.
10: Yes, Doctor
6: right away doctor there you go doctor would you like me to bust it open
7: there are some words on the case they're hard to read but I think it says artifact on the side
8: fascinating these must be the remnants from inside one of the artifacts a strange collection of beige boxes Miss Featherstone This first one, can you connect to a power source, please? It looks like some kind of data terminal.
7: Certainly, Doctor.
8: Now stand back as we throw the switch.
7: Heavens, Doctor, look. It's a vector graphic of a cobra. And there's a signal.
6: This dame might be smarter than she sounded. I was happy to let her take the lead on this one. I had my notebook in hand, keeping tabs on what was going on. This second box.
8: Miss Featherston, the one you're holding. Maybe they talk to one another. Turn it on!
7: Ooh, it's communicating with something, Doctor.
6: Whilst they were fiddling with Miss Featherston's box, I thought I'd look at the case they came in. Sturdy looking, but scored, as if it had overheated. I rubbed. Doctor, I think there's something wrong here. This box says, Ancient Artifact.
8: "'That would explain it. "'These are antiques. "'But the signals... "'It can't be a coincidence. "'I must
6: talk to the council.' "'The doctor dashed out of his office, "'trailing note paper and biscuit crumbs as he went. "'I adjusted my tinfoil hat "'and snatched a glance at Miss Featherston. "'Her boss was clearly insane, "'but maybe just maybe there was something to all of this. If nothing else, she needed some protection. I decided to go and investigate these Pleiades and probe Miss Featherstone for more information. A trucker, all you gotta do is truck that
1: truck. When you're a hunting trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then you're out of luck.
6: It's for the mug that we fly all over the space, point you to, to the light. Crossed at a hill of a pace. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker.
3: Well, howdy there, truckers. Once again, this is the real Buck Naked. This is what I've always sounded like when I didn't have my voice-changing microphone on. So get used to it. Now, if you're getting up to shenanigans, we want to keep up with them, which means we need your help. We need you to get the Hutton help. And if you don't already have it, you're a silly billy. You should go to hot.forthemug.com, download and install it Tootsweet. That'll be so helpful. Thank you, people. Let us move on to this week's winners. Now, yeah. people with their own choice of personal pronoun who have done jolly well this week let us start with the person who's had the most bounties. This is Commander Galen Reynolds. 25,065,420 credits. Gosh, that's quite a bit. Well done. Now, somebody who had the most exploration data is Commander Brynolf.
5: 8,547,974
3: Eight million five hundred forty-seven thousand nine hundred seventy-four credits. What a heck of a lot of exploring data that is! But I'm glad you came back before Distant Worlds Two come back because that's going to make yours look silly, isn't it? Ha, ha, ha. Combat bonds, however, the top commander this week is Darth Cube. Fifty-nine million four hundred thirty-five thousand six hundred combat bonds. Now, the top commander who transported the most passengers that's jumping around like those libidinous toads that somebody keeps telling us about is Naughty Body Wash. 10,107 passengers. Doesn't say whether Naughty Body Wash transported them where they wanted to go, but they've been transported. (laughs) Well done! And the scanning person, the person really with too much time on their hands is Commander comet born. Well done, 3,679 objects scanned. That's quite a lot, I'm told. Did you know that this week all the Commanders who are the ones running the Hutton Helper have jumped a total of 805,701 light-years? What a lot. Our Hut and Run timings, the all-time record is still held by Commander Litherbreaker, one hour, 23 minutes and nine seconds. But the winner so far in this month, and there's not a lot of time to go, so hurry up, chaps and ladies and those in between and those outside. One hour, 24 minutes and 12 seconds. Now, if your name has been read out in this superb bulletin, Please fill in our form to say how well you've enjoyed it. Please do that by emailing itookpart at huttonorbital.com. If you don't have a Hutton D-Cow, that's how we pronounce it here, d we'll arrange for you to have one. Send proof, send your name to that email address, and we'll look after you. This is Hutton Top trucker. Brought to you by lake spaceways The only ships that have a true-talking Texan as a spokesman. Thank you very much. Good evening all. Yee-haw!
6: Over the weeks, I'd gotten to know the Doctor and Miss Featherstone better. I'd gorged myself on biscuits and the sugar rush was making me see strange things. Either that, or it wasn't ginger the doctor was baking them with. These artifacts kept turning up. There were more and more stories of stations malfunctioning, markets going offline, and shipyards failing shortly after artifacts would pour in. Coincidence? Could be. But it was my job to investigate. Today, however... The doctor had called us back to his lab.
7: Doctor, your tinfoil party hat has arrived. Oh, thank you, Miss
8: Featherstone. Mr. Shaw, could I interest you in some Glühwein?
6: Thank you, doctor. But no, I'm on duty.
7: Oh, go on, Detective Shaw. After all, it's a holiday season.
6: I'd crawled out of a bottle once before and didn't like how my tongue tasted the morning after. Miss Featherstone was quite persuasive, though. I was considering taking her suggestion when Chart blundered into the room. Doctor, we've had a delivery. Would you like me to bring it
8: in? Fascinating. I wonder who would be sending me things at this time of year. Maybe the council have decided to replace the computer equipment. Yes, yes, bring it in. Right you are, Doctor. It's big. Where would you lock me to put it? Miss Featherston, do you have space for Chad's package?
7: Right over here, Chad. You are a darling.
6: That thing's huge, and it's wrapped in something. Looks like tinfoil. Were you expecting a delivery?
7: You are a suspicious type, Dick. Stop worrying. It's probably a surprise.
1: Let me open it for you. Hang on.
6: Stop.
7: My God, it's... Look out, Doctor.
6: Get out, quick. It's an artifact. We crashed through a door to the Doctor's lab, slamming it shut behind us. Muffled sounds could be heard from behind the door, and the station alarms kicked in life.
7: Uh, Miss Fiddleston, are you okay? Don't fret so. I'm fine. But, Detective, you're hurt. It looks like
8: radiation burns,
6: and I think that leg's broken. Quick, Chad, gets the detective to the infirmary. He needs to get plastered quick. I must have blacked out at that point, but the last thing I saw was Miss Featherston's face, with mysterious lights glowing in the background. Not sure if it was the dose I'd received, or the effect that dame had on me.
2: Open a channel.
6: Feeble pilot, you will surrender your craft to us or face destruction. Well, I could, but there's at least one thing my craft does better than yours. Oh yeah? What's that? Break.
0: Now I've got you. One down, one to go.
4: Alert. Is eight pod alarm. A commander requires rescue.
2: Somebody else's problem.
5: Incoming communication.
2: Go on then, keep them
6: coming. That was my brother, you son of a spacer. And his bounty will be very useful.
2: Look, there's two ways this can go. So how about we call a truce so I can pick up his pot?
9: Um, how about no? Alert, escape
7: pod alarm. A commander requires rescue.
6: Yeah, yeah, they keep each other company until some other sucker comes through. One more bounty in the bank. Good.
7: Updating Elite Federation of Pilots record. Your combat rating has increased to below average.
6: <laughs> well, don't let my official record fool you.
7: Congratulations, Commander Thane.
6: Find out more
8: information about Escape Velocity at livereadingcom forward slash escape velocity. You can back us in this patron at www.patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show.
9: Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?